One thing that I've recently realized about the segregation within the black community is that the divide is mostly between the African diaspora that make up the black community and the rest of the black community, which would be found within the African continent itself. Well, what if I were to tell you that this war, if one could even call it that, is a cultural war between the black culture or identity and the African culture or identity. Because ironically enough, to be African is not necessarily to be black and vice versa. To be black is not necessarily to be African. I would assume that the people who are black but don't have an African identity are the majority of the black community in the United States. The black diaspora in the UK is still connected to their African community by virtue of the fact that they've only recently migrated to Europe relative to when colonization and the slave trade began. Many African Americans, however, know very little about their African lineages since they were stripped away from them. So what then would make the identity of the black different from the identity of the African? We could go about answering this by analyzing the two cultures and finding the differences and similarities between them. But I want to rather ask two questions that we could start from. Firstly, where and when in recorded history do you find the first documentation of the race and community of black people? Secondly, does the black race exist outside of communities and structures built upon colonial foundations and ideologies. So, hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Black Girl Condition podcast. My name is Lelo, your host and the creator. For this topic of discussion, I want to speak about culture, specifically Black and African culture, since I am both. Because I want more black people to understand the existence we have as post-colonial humans. Who we are as people is mostly because of colonialism and it is what keeps us within the system. The fact that we can't see another way of living or of creating a culture where our people benefit as well. This is going to be a mini-series since there are so many dimensions to this existential political problem. For this episode, I want to speak on the cultures of the Black and the African people, who we are as people, and what predicaments we find ourselves in as a community. To me, the struggle of the Black community has always been one of power, but more so power within your identity. I say this because it is specifically the African identity that is denied and stripped away from the people who they call Black. It is specifically the thing which Europeans do not want the black or the Negro to identify with and embrace. Going back to the question I asked in the beginning, when and where do we find the first documentation of a black race or a black community? Well, I don't actually know the answer, but maybe I can ask it a bit differently. When and where do we find the first documentation of a white race or a white community? If you really think about it, those are the same questions. 
Something which I've come to learn in my anthropology and philosophy classes is the idea that race is a social construct. You see, race is not biological nor genetic. There's no genetic marker for a behavior being caused by or linked to physical features such as skin color or facial structure. Here's the thing. Whiteness and blackness were invented in tandem and for a specific reason. Oppression. As simple as that. Neither the white nor black identity exist before a certain period of time in history. And when we look at why it is that during this time the Europeans found it particularly profitable to invent such concepts, we'll see that it all boils down to political and economic power over people deemed less human or less advanced. At that time in history, around the 1400s, African people were very much alive and thriving, and on and within their lands was an abundance of resources which the Europeans desperately wanted in their competition amongst one another. What better way to justify stealing than by saying that the people from whom you're stealing don't even know how to handle the precious resources that they're hoarding. It should obviously belong to whoever is smart enough and powerful enough, right? I'd like to read you a quote from an article titled How White People Were Invented by a Playwright in 1613. The quote goes, The scholar Kim Hall explains in Things of Darkness that whiteness truly exists only when posed next to blackness. So the concept of white people emerged only after constructions of blackness. As binary oppositions, whiteness first needed blackness to make any sense. The two words create each other. The scholar Virginia Mason Vaughan writes in Performing Blackness on English Stages that black-faced characters in early modern dramas are often used to make whiteness visible. Black and white have never referred to defined groups of people. They are abstract formulations which still have had very real effects on actual people. So, what we can and should honestly acknowledge is that the black identity is indeed different from the African identity. Because to be black means that you exist in a structure that is necessarily opposed to the white identity. Blackness is necessarily subjugated by whiteness, whereas to be African simply means that you are either of African descent or you're raised by African culture within Africa or predominantly African spaces. You can see this particular distinction, especially within the community of mixed race people. Notice how a lot of the identity politics concerning mixed race people is whether they are to claim their whiteness or blackness and that they ultimately in the political sphere are black because whiteness will never claim them. Very few times do we ever see mixed race people, especially in the African diaspora, claim Africanness or African identity. This is a tricky conversation to have because at first glance or at first listen, one might think that I'm trying to further divide the black community and that by distinguishing blackness and Africanness, I'm saying that one isn't the other and that they have to be segregated. That's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm really just trying to get people to understand the existences of the African and the black people today. 
especially as products of colonialism and colonization. It has always disturbed me how heavily deterministic the black category is. For a long time in my childhood, I never understood why we were called black people because black is the color of TV screens, of vehicle tires, and the dark. I noticed the associations with black being darkness and deprivation of light, as well as death and plague and sickness, and how closely that related to how black people were viewed as a disease of the human species. And it shook me to my core. I could not bring myself to calling myself black, and especially since we don't even remotely look black in skin color. I saw especially what this identifier of blackness means when I was in high school. I went to an Afrikaans school with a thousand white Afrikaans kids and only white teachers and staff. Hell is the least descriptive of the words I could use to describe my experience there. Torture, suffering, pain, maybe a bit better. You see, to be seen and understood within a community of white people as the black kids is only because they are white people there. In English schools, they aren't the black kids because they are just kids who are black and others who are white, Indian, colored, etc. There's no class for the black kids. So I realized that existing in that predisposed us to political tensions, backhanded oppression, and micromanaging and microaggressions. Like, everyone knew that it would obviously be the black kids that would complain about the school not celebrating or even acknowledging Heritage Day. Because why would white Afrikaans people see a value in heritage? Even more, why would we want to acknowledge Afrikaans people's heritage when it is something like apartheid and oppression? It's not fair, right? Lol, to be black is to be ignored and to be erased. The culture and identity of blackness exists necessarily within the confines of white supremacy and colonialism. Only after colonization and the slave trade do these communities of black people and white people exist. The distinction between the black and the African is that the African is perceived as the wild version of black people. You can notice this in how African people are observed when tourists visit Africa. They're treated like animals in nature documentaries. Tourists conveniently visit the poverty-stricken areas in African countries so as to, quote, capture the African in its natural habitat. Black people are what happens when Africans are in Western societies and they now have to perform for the white people. Blackness is a performance for and by whiteness so as to erase any African culture and nature. The African nature in question is seen as primitive, barbaric, and wild. African people are likened to apes for living in huts and still hunting and gathering food. They are barely dressed throughout, with the women exposing their breasts, and this is seen as hypersexual and impure. Their bodies are bigger and curvier, assumed to come from their overeating, and this means that they are fat. They don't worship the Christian God. Instead, they worship their ancestors and natural deities, which is morally impure 
and sinful in the eyes of God. And since their history is so fantastical and mystical, they believe in animals that can talk and humans with animal features. They believe in witchcraft and the supernatural. This means they're imaginative and this makes them immature and childish. They're not logical and are too loud and emotional. The African is just the animalistic version of humans, which means they are subhuman or not even human at all. What makes this particularly difficult is that the description of Africans at that time was obviously untrue and severely derogatory. These are misconceptions that painted Africans in a certain light compared to Europeans at the time as uncivilized and inhuman. It is these bigoted ideas of Africans that birthed the Negro identity because the people being described are not the true Africans and their African culture. It is the idea of Africans that Europeans needed in order to impose themselves and subjugate African people. Because, you see, the Europeans needed to justify why they sought power and control over Africans and their land and resources. So they convinced themselves of whiteness that needs to be the savior of blackness. Whiteness is what will civilize these hooligans, quote unquote, and make them a better and more modern race of people. They need to aspire to whiteness so that they may be accepted into society and be upstanding, functional and contributing members. Without whiteness, blackness cannot be saved. It cannot be perfect and clean. It's disturbing to say the least, and it poses some new ideas for the identity of black people. The way I see it, if it were not for the European ideals of that time, being control and domination of nature and others deemed less human, black people today just would not exist. Same with white people. A global majority of people today wouldn't exist, and we would be living entirely different lives. Maybe ones that are even better than what we're exposed to today. If we then start to talk about the distinction between the black and the African, we're talking about the representation of African culture and the actuality of African culture. We're also talking about the experience and performance of blackness in the real world and the experience and performance of African culture in reality. They're different in many ways, just like they're similar in others. And there's definitely an overlap in their manifestations, evident in those who identify as both Black and African. To understand Black culture, we have to look at the realities of Black people today. What is obviously the most prevalent Black experience is that of racism, oppression, discrimination, and marginalization. Being legally identified as Black means you're more likely to experience poverty and unemployment, to have less access to resources like housing, education, food, and healthcare. To be a black person means that you're not guaranteed safety in any space that you're in. To be a black person means that you will be the first person to be questioned in a crime. In fact, you're more likely to be accused of crimes you did not commit. To be black means that you're constantly policed by whiteness. The black culture is one of prevalent self-hate and self-oppression. Across the black community, we see evidence of domestic violence and abuse by parents towards their children and amongst couples 
whether or not they are married. We see rampant pedophilia with children, both boys and girls, experiencing sexual harassment at young ages, with much older family members as perpetrators. We see fat phobia at large within the community, and we see colorism towards darker-skinned black people. We see homophobia and transphobia to the point that people flee their homelands because it is deadly to exist as publicly queer. We see misogyny, evident in the way black women are extremely afraid of violence from their male counterparts. And we see xenophobia, particularly Afrophobia, wherein black communities diminish one another for reasons simple or unbeknownst to others. The culture of blackness is to be ashamed of itself and its inability to be whiteness. You cannot be black without hating your identity and your existence at some point. Blackness is a political weapon used by society, institutions, and black people themselves to subjugate and oppress the black person because it is founded on assumptions that the black person requires civilization and oppression to be humans. The Negro identity is one necessarily requiring abuse to mold it into perfection. This is not to say that blackness is all bad. I'm merely pointing out the reality of black people that results from centuries of oppression and marginalization. We could only be the black people that we are today because of the things we've been through and what we've been indoctrinated to believe about our cultures by government and academic institutions. Our history as Africans has been erased, and so we only have what is left, which is the black identity, which we can only perform when subjected to experiences within colonial societies. Outside of those colonial structures, or more specifically, outside of the Western societies, we have the African culture, the one that breathes today within communities and societies in Africa. It's easy to believe that Africans are lucky to have been able to retain their identity and heritage. And yes, that's perhaps true, but Africans are just as lost as the rest of the black community when it comes to their cultures and their history. The common misconception that drives the cultural war in the black community is that Africans don't have the oppression that African-Americans do in regards to slavery and segregation. And honestly, that is true. We weren't enslaved per se, but the oppression was there and was just as violent and dehumanizing. Several groups of African people have been or are dying out because of the impacts of the invasions and colonization by European countries. For example, the Khoisan people. Very few communities of them exist today because of the mass genocides they experienced similarly experienced by other groups of Africans in countries like the Congo Free State, which it was called at the time. What also resulted, which impacts what we view as part of African culture today, is the invention of groups called tribes. Africans, particularly in Southern Africa, were categorized into tribes by European states in order to divide and conquer the indigenous people of the land. No translation for the word tribe exists in indigenous African languages, only the words for clans and land and people. Africans of that time did not naturally 
or socially divide themselves into those groups since they found the differences amongst themselves through the clans they formed and the leaders who ruled them. But it was beneficial to the European states back then to segregate them in that way so that they could instate leaders that would lead their tribes under British rule. The leaders of these African groups coalesced with British rulers for political and economic power. Very, very sad. So, many African cultures we know today are products of colonization and colonialism, just like the black identity is. The black church in South Africa, or perhaps Africa in general, practices African Christianity, a theology born out of African experiences with Christianity. It's within the black church that many Africans realize the severe indoctrination our Africans have experienced. Currently, Africa is the number one producer of many resources and minerals, which the countries hardly ever reap the benefits of. A lot of the governments of former European colonies are failing to provide for their citizens, to such an extent that it's targeted towards the growing population of Africans in poverty. Africa is continuously exploited, whether it be for minerals and resources by first world countries or by white evangelical missionaries or by the governments and politicians of the countries themselves. So then, I have come to conclude that however distinct the black and African identities may be, ultimately we are one and the same. All the bad that blackness encompasses, Africans are all of that too. The segregation amongst Africans is rife and scary. The Afrophobia that is prevalent is one that needs to be studied immediately because Africans are killing one another. The African child knows domestic violence and abuse just as well as the black child. The African woman knows misogyny just as well as the black woman. The African queer knows homophobia and transphobia just as well as the black queer. The African fat person knows fatphobia just as well as the black fat person. Africans hate themselves just as well as black people hate themselves. Ultimately, we're all acutely aware of how our existence impedes on our value and worth as humans within this society. Because both the black and the African know what it is to be stripped of humanity. What then does this mean for the overall community at large? What does this mean for the revolution and how we are to reclaim our identities and space within society? Well, it means a lot of things. First of all, we have to decide how we choose to identify ourselves as a collective of black people. Do we continue with the black category and just redefine ourselves within our own metrics of humanity and success? If so, how do we do that in a way that doesn't pin us against white supremacy and whiteness? Because clearly and certainly when we do that, we're always contested. Or do we trace ourselves back to our African lineages and reclaim the culture and power of the African identity? If so, how do we retain all that we lost, especially now that we've adapted to modern society and the restrictions imposed on us? Like, how will we go back to who we were then when we don't know that and we only know who we are now as Africans in a post-colonial world? Does our power lie in a creation of a new collective culture of blackness 
or does it come from going back to our roots, especially spiritually? I honestly don't know. You see, the thing about being both black and African is that I know our ultimate power lies in our unity and authenticity. The thing the white man is most afraid of is us banding together with a specific cause to reclaim our power and identities. Because it is within our segregation that whiteness thrives. It is within our ability to adapt and fight back that whiteness is threatened. Because we truly are powerful. There are things about existing as black or African or both that everyone knows and realizes makes us who we are. And that is our energy. Our energy is resilient, restorative, and regenerative. How come masses of us still survive after the centuries of genocide and political oppression? How come our culture thrives so much so that everyone wants a taste and a peace? How come so much of us continues to be claimed and appropriated by those with no vested interest in our culture? Because our culture thrives with energy and vibrance. Our languages are passionate and emotional. We can say nothing and still so much is said. Our clothing is comfortable and colorful and our traditional ceremonies are particularly marked by the variety of colors and styles across our communities with so many differences and similarities. Our music is so full of rhythm that even when it is played by a single instrument, there is so much of a story that can be heard and felt. We sing, we laugh, we cry, loudly and proudly, because it is within our DNA and human privilege to express ourselves not just with our speech and minds, but through our souls and bodies. Our hair defies gravity. It is a crown. Our skin shines and protects us and colors us in gold and mahogany, silky and vibrant. We are spiritual and mystical. We believe in witchcraft and the supernatural because our spirits transcend the physical realm and remain to guide us on the earth so we can learn to sustain and protect ourselves and communities. Our culture is Ubuntu. The fact that we cannot be who we are without the people and environments surrounding us and with that, it is our culture to support and nurture ourselves, one another and our ancestors and Mother Nature around us. We have energy and vigor in everything we do. They say we're too much because we are indeed very much. But that should never deter us from accepting ourselves. Because ultimately we are human and we're just expressing our humanity through our bodily vessels. So... To end off the episode, I want to ask, what does it mean to you to be black or to be African? Is it how you grew up or what the identity implies for you in society? And how do you claim your identity in a culture that is so evidently insecure? Where does your identity as a black person or an African person place you in the revolution towards humanity? Thank you. 
thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed this episode in the next part of the series i'll be talking about the black and african cultures more in detail including our experiences in the real world and the evolution of our languages and practices from colonial times till today you'll be surprised at just how much of the african and black culture is us adapting to our oppression if you have any questions or insights or feedback or just a story to share about your experiences as a black or african person and your journey with your identity please don't hesitate to dm me on the socials which are in the link tree provided in the episode's description i hope you find your power in your self-discovery and that you may reclaim the parts of you lost to history and the system stay powerful and cozy and lots of love from lelo